guys doing good? Come on, I want to ask one simple question before we get started. How many of you are excited to be in the house of God today? It's awesome. Not only that, but we get, you get to be in not any house of God. You get to be in iChurch, the house of God for you. So I'm so happy and so excited you came. I want you to take a moment to look at the person next to you or the, uh, somebody next to you that you don't know very well and just stretch your hand and present yourself and say, hey, welcome to iChurch. Welcome to Young United. It's legit that you're here, man. It's legit that you're here. Give me liberty or give me? Give me liberty or give me? We, our nation, at a certain point in time, um, in the 1700s, their, their, their freedom was being threatened. And they got, and they rised up by this man called Patrick Henry, who's one of the ones that pushed this movement with this little saying. It was a huge speech, but with this little piece that you guys saw here, there's so many powerful things in it. And the most amazing thing is the way he ends. He says, give me liberty or give me. And we see that and we heard that. We hear that. And so America. I assure you that was Ethan because he's white, okay? I assure you. That was Ethan. Was that you, bro? How did I know that? Ethan's my whitest friend, man. Ethan and then David Colbert. They're my whitest friend. They're awesome, but they're very white, okay? We live in America. I got nothing against white. I can say whatever I want about white people because I'm married a white girl. So I can say whatever I want, okay? If you're thinking, who's racist? No, I married one of you guys. <laughs> one of you guys. Like, it's a different race. I totally different. Like, one of you guys on the side. <laughs> America, (laughs) America, home of the free, land of the, America, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know that I'm, July 4th, Independence Day, some people are like, I completely lost, they're still in the white sugar thing, oh my gosh, he just said white sugar, come back to the sermon people, (laughs) come back with me. America, home of the free land of the brave. We live in a nation where freedom is our highest pride. We live in a nation where freedom is the top of the top. And I want to start by telling you this one statement that it is that your worldly freedom or your worldly slavery is only temporary. Your spiritual freedom or your spiritual slavery is eternal. How can we live in a land where freedom is in such high regards? How can we live in a land where freedom is one of the highest things ever, but we tend to forget and we tend to obliterate the fact that it's not only physical freedom, but also spiritual freedom and all the physical freedom that you take on high and you celebrate and you throw fireworks to, which is amazing, but it is temporary. So whether you are a slave in this world or whether you are free in this world, it is temporary. But when you speak about spiritual freedom or spiritual slavery, my friend, that is eternal. And where it ends, it ends and it stays. You you came to ITRES today. And we inspire people, we help people, we break bondage, and we do it for his glory. And we want you to keep that in your mind. We want you to keep that completely straight. Let's go. Let's start the sermon. Let's start the sermon. I want to start this sermon, and I want to teach for a second. I want to teach for a little bit, and then after that, we're going to get preaching. But I want, I want, I want to teach you, and this is one of the 
smallest, shortest sermon you've ever heard. Say it with me, amen. amen. Some of you really meant that, huh? Some of you really meant that. There are three types of bondage. Say it with me, bondage. bondage. I want to speak to you guys today about three different types of bondage. I want to teach you about three different types of bondage. But before we go there, I want you to know that dictionary.com, my favorite dictionary because it is free. My dictionary.com says that bondage is the state of being bound, the state of being held back by or subjected to some external power or control. Bondage is like slavery. As a matter of fact, when you go down to the root in the Greek, when you go down to the root in pretty much any language, bondage came from slavery. Bondage and slavery, you can switch those words in any sentence, in any place, and you're most likely to keep its message intact because bondage and slavery kind of go together. And not only slavery goes along with bondage, also servanthood. Being a servant is being in bondage and serving a specific person, serving a specific someone for a specific reason. And so I want to speak to you guys about three different types of bondage. First bondage, say with me, number one. Born with bondage. That's the first bondage. Born with. I call it born with. There is a born with bondage. Look at the person next to you and be like, born with. There is a born with bondage. And this is a real thing. Number two consequential bondage. And this is just my study, okay? This is my study. God gave me this. I didn't take this from anywhere except from God. And I want to explain it to you guys today. First one is born with bondage. Second one is consequential bondage. Say consequential. And last but not least, desired bondage. You're like, what? Yes, desired bondage. Three different types of bondage, yet all, every single one of them is still bondage. I'm going to break it down with you. Let's start with born with, all right? Let's start with born with. Say born with. Let's start with born with. I can make it super easy for you to know and tell you that you are held back from the minute that you were born by certain things. I can give you a perfect example without using any words. If you don't believe in born with bondage, I will prove it to you right here, right now, biologically, physically, without any um, um, eloquence. Born with bondage is a real thing. I can prove it. You know what this is? The ears that I was born with, okay? They're huge. They're huge. And if you're sitting down, you're probably thinking, yes, they are, because they are. My ears are huge. I was born with huge ears. I cannot, you know how people put pencils in their ear? I can't do that. It's too open. I put it in there, it falls right back down. I see people walking with the little thing right here with a pencil. I was in second grade, and I kept driving, like, what was happening? What's happening? It just keeps falling. I was born bound by my ears. And I know you guys might be, might be laughing. Some of you were born with a big nose. Some of you were born with a big body. Some of you were born with a skinny, skinny, skinny body. No? Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going. I was going to mention somebody, but I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to tell you guys who it is. It was you, okay? It was you. <laughs> Some of you were born extremely skinny. And so when you come to the church world and you transition to the church world, there is a born with bondage, and people tend to call it generational curse. How many of you have heard about that? Come on, how many presumably would be silent? Generational curse, right? You've heard about that. Say, ah, I've heard about that, man. Just say something, okay? All right? Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your sincerity. It's generational curse, but I don't like to call it generational curse. I like to call it generational sin. However you want to call it, what this is, it is that because of what your parents did or because of how your parents lived or your great-grandparents, it was passed down to you. It was given to you. 
And I can scientifically prove this, and, sci- and, and psychologically I can prove this. I, I preached about that a long time ago. We can see it scientifically with the epigenes. If you've never heard of the epigenes, the epigenes are kind of like some trainers of your genes. And that is that you're born with certain genes, and through your epigenes, okay, just, just follow with me, just for those of you that are interested. Through your epigenes, you can train, and you can decide to place. You got to think about genes like a seed, okay? You got to think about it like a seed. So whenever you were born, you were given a seed by your parents, and this seed can fluctuate. That can be the seed, and you can see it in weaknesses. There is a family. Haven't you ever seen a family? Haven't you ever seen a certain, a certain family that their parents got divorced, and their great-grandparents got divorced, and their great-great-grandparents got divorced, and then their kids are about to get a divorce? And you see it happening over and over and over again. It's a weakness that is inside of that family. It is inside of their genes, scientifically inside of their genes. Some of them are obese. It passes on the genes. Some of them are like to smoke or have an addiction of drinking. That is passed down on the genes. And through your epigenes, which is your environment, you can control whether or not that seed will grow or not grow. We see it in the Bible in Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. When we are born, we were born with certain weaknesses. We were born in certain areas. We were weak. You're born with a seed, you're born with a gene, and depending on what you feed it, depending on where you put it, it will grow or it will die, whether it's positive or negative. And you know why this is so awesome to me, even though it's a little geeky? Because it shows you how awesome and fair and just is our God. He will not let it go unpunished. He will let you have it, but with the temptation and with the trial that it was placed on you because of your parents, he provides a way out. He allows you to step away from it. He allows you to determine your own fate by with what you put in your body, by with how you put it in your body, and where you put your body and your soul to be in. He puts it. He allows it. We see this in school all the time. They go, that nature versus nurture. Nature versus nurture. Is it nature? Are we nurture? Is it the way that we're born and because of our parents we're like this? Are we going to die like this? Or is, it, or is it nurture? It's a mixture of both. You have it inside of you, but God gives you the opportunity to change it with your environment, with your actions, and with your decisions. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. That's how is that? That is not my fault. I am in this addiction of of weed. I'm in this addiction of drugs. I'm in this addiction of, 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 of fornication, of pornography. How is this my fault if it was passed down to my parents? And I'm here to tell you something that no Christian wants to hear me say. It's not. Generational curse is not your fault, it's your responsibility. A generational curse, a generational weakness that has been going on from your family and they got divorced or they were addicted or they were doing this or they were doing that. It's not your fault that you have it, it's your responsibility. And unless you do things right, it will be your fault whenever he has it. Nah, you didn't catch that. Unless you take responsibility in your hands it is not your fault now but it will be your fault whenever your kid has to go through the same thing that you did because you were not strong enough to break it strong enough to let it go so maybe right now it's not your fault right now is your responsibility and when you have a kid then it'll be your fault what you gonna do about it what you gonna do about it because you might be sitting there oh that's not me every single one of us has it. 
And for some of you, you were lucky enough that your parents were able to destroy it before it got to you, and now you're looking at one all by yourself. You're looking at creating one all by yourself and passing it on to your kid, and that one will straight up be your fault, nothing else. One kind of bondage is the born with bondage. It's a bondage that the minute that you came out of your mom's womb, you were going to fight a specific battle because what happened to your parents, but you have a chance to win. If your mom was addicted, if your dad was addicted and your great-grandparent, you're sitting down there and you're freaking out because you're seeing the symptoms in you. I'm not telling you bad news. I'm telling you great news that you can beat it. Scientifically, biologically, and psychologically, God gave you the power to do so. Will you? Will you? Number two, number two, consequential, consequential bondage. Say with me, consequential. Consequential bondage, the best way that I can explain it is with the embassy suite. Anybody knows what the embassy suite is? Embassy suite? Y'all know what that is? Yeah? How many of you have been to an embassy suite? It's a hotel. How many of you have been to an embassy suite? Yeah? They're pretty nice. They're pretty nice. They're pretty legit. Embassy suite. What the heck does it have to do with consequential? Embassy suite in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's going to minister to my parents a lot. Embassy suite in Puerto Rico, they had a sub. They had like another hotel in their hotel called Aquarius. Okay? Say with me, Aquarius. Consequential bondage is what happened in Embassy Suite in Aquarius to my parents. What they decided to do is that what they do is that they give you an opportunity to come and stay a couple nights for free. Have you ever heard about that? You guys ever heard about that trick that hotels do? They let you come for free, and you can stay for free. Only one catch. You have to go to a conference where they try to sell you a specific room so you can buy it for life. You come to this conference, and then you can stay the whole weekend right here free for you. So you're thinking, yeah, they're not going to get me because I'm not a sucker, right? That's what everybody thinks. I'm not a sucker. I'm going to go. I'm going to take my three days, and then nothing's going to happen. Well, that's not what actually happened. My parents go to Embassy Suite, and they end up buying this suite. They end up buying this Aquarius. Consequential bondage. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the heck? What, what is he going? Is he, is he bashing on his parents? No, I'm teaching you what they taught me. Where you go and what you do and the decisions that you make can tie you up. There is a consequence for your actions. And what, for whatever reason you did or said or acted upon something, it tied you up. And now you're serving it. Now you're held back by it. You went to bed with it and had a kid. I'm not only talking physically, I'm talking metaphorically. You made decisions in your life. You set things in your life. You acted upon things in your life. You decided to go to a specific place in your life. And when you decide to do that, you had a consequential bondage because you weren't supposed to be in that place at that time doing that thing. But because you decided to do so, now you're tied up and held back. It's a consequence because of your sins. John chapter 8 verse 34, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a Slave to sin. Everyone who slaves, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Say what you want. You can put whatever excuses you want. Peer pressure, it wasn't me. I got caught in the moment. Say what you want. The bondage and the things that are holding you back, the sins and the condition that you're living in today, the things that you struggle with today to get out of, it is because you made a decision. It is consequential of your actions. And now you are a slave to it. And you're not hooked. I'm hooked, man. I'm hooked. No, you're not hooked because if you were hooked, you could get out. You're tied up, brother. 
You're not hooked. If you were hooked, all you had to do is give a little skip, and then you'll be all right. You're not hooked. You're tied because of a specific, a specific decision that you make, a specific something that you said. And you can sit down and ignore me, or you can take it and analyze in your life, what is it? What is my consequential bondage? What is it that I'm struggling with because of a decision that I make? Come on, be real with me. Christians, be real with me. What is it that you keep on doing over and over and over and over again? What is it that you have promised God that you were going to stop and you have not? What is it that does not allow you to live a life with freedom and confidence in God? What decision was it? What sin? What condition? Is it pornography? Is it bad stewardship? Is it just adultery? Is it just that you keep fussing with your wife or you keep fussing with your husband constantly? Is it complacency? Is it procrastination? What is it? What's your consequential bondage? You want it, you want it to be real or you want me to be entertaining? Well, it's the wrong day for that. I am making you laugh. I am being entertaining to you. I'm confronting you and challenging you and telling you. It's time for you to wake up, baby, and open your eyes and know that you're living in a bondage because of the decision that you made. You're stuck completely. You're tied up and you can't move. And the last one, and with this I'm done explaining you, and then I'll go straight to preaching, giving you what, I, what God told me to give you, is desired bondage. This is your marriage. Marriage is a desired bondage. Marriage is a decision. It is something that you did so that you can serve something. Marriage, I decided to marry Hannah. I decided to give her my all so that I can serve her and be bound to her. A career. You decide you had a desire to take on a bondage of a career and get in there and be held back or be stuck or be serving a specific career. A ministry. A job. A family. A hobby. That you decided to invest time into it to make a decision and serve it and be bound by it. A house, a mortgage. You're bound. You're in bondage and you desired that bondage. You looked for that bondage and you did something to get into that bondage. All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Let me teach you this. Got like, what, 10 minutes left maybe. And I prophesy right now, whether I feel like it's going to happen or not feel like it's going to happen, I believe in the Holy Spirit that's inside of me that when I finish this sermon, even if it's one person that I have in my mind right now, going to end up in the altar and they're going to be free. I prophesy and I declare that whether I entertain you or I don't entertain you, whether I have a voice or I don't have a voice, whether you like what I'm saying or you don't like what I'm saying, one person is going to end up in this altar free from either of those three bondages and some of you for all three of those bondages. But I need to explain you something first. And I need you to pay attention. Hey, before I explain to you this, before I explain to you this, hey, if you are living in bondage, if you are living in chains and you're tied up, look at me. Look at me. Listen to me. Whether it's funny or not, look at me. I got something for you. Listen, listen, this is not a religious act. This is not a sermon technique. Look at me and listen to me I got something for you let me explain you all these things it's a bunch of random things I need you to hang on please almost everybody's gonna get lost in this almost everybody you need to hang on I'm gonna explain you a bunch of different topics and then I'm gonna connect them all listen 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 
In this world, there are two sides. Two. Two sides. There's the side of the flesh and the side of the world. There's the side of Satan. The bad. Say with me, the bad. And in this world, the other side is the side of the spirit. The side of God. The side of heaven. The side of the good. Say with me, the good. So I want you for just one second to start thinking at this side of the altar as the good. And I want you to start thinking about this side of the altar as the bad. The flesh, the spirit, the bad, the good. We got it? That is said in Galatians chapter 5. Paul explains how there are two sides. There's the flesh, there's, there's the spirit, and they both reside inside of you. And you must make a decision and battle constantly. Now, each of these sides produces and receives a certain fruit. Both of these sides have fruits. Both of these sides produce, and what they are producing, what's coming out of you, is the same thing that you're putting in you. Hey, hey. What's coming out of you is the same thing that's coming in you. So don't think that I am doing this, but I am not this. Don't think I am cheating on my wife, but I'm not receiving the same thing. What you're giving is what you're putting in. It's a fruit. These sides both have fruits. And the Bible mentions the fruits of both of these sides when it talks about the side of the bad. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. Look at what it says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. If I take the verse down and I start asking, I bet you we'll nail, we'll nail them all. 947 did it today. I bet you we can do it today. Nail them all of these. These are the fruits. This is what is producing the flesh, the bad side. And this is what the flesh is receiving as well. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish. Read them, read them. You got them all there. Drunkenness. Just mentioning some. Dissensions, factions, envy. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, those who live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we're already seeing a clearer division. We're already seeing a more marked division. And look at the good side. Look at what the good side produces. And look at what the good side gives. Look at what the good side receives. Look at what the good side receives. I'm not being persuasive. I'm telling you straight up what the Bible is saying from the Bible. And it makes sense. It does not make sense to be in that side. Look at what the good side produces and what the good side receives. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there is no law. Two sides, two fruits. Both are producing. Both are giving. Both are receiving. Keep it, keep it, keep it in your head. And then we see Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read two verses, and then I'm going to explain you what that means. For it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourself be burdened again by the, a yoke of slavery. Then Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and the things from this world. Let me explain that, both of, both of those to you. In this world, people, you will always be serving one. And you can never be serving two. In this world, you will always be serving one. 
and you can never be serving two. There will not be a time in your life where you will be serving the flesh and you will be serving the spirit. You cannot. You will hate one, you will despise one, and you will love one, and you will hold on to one. You can only serve one master. And at all times, you will be serving one master. If this is your first time in church and you've never been to church, I'm telling you something that maybe you didn't know, and that is that you are serving the world. Because at every point, since the moment you took your first breath, you've been serving one or the other, but not both. You've been serving the world or you've been serving God. You've been serving Jesus or you've been serving Satan. One or the other. Hot or cold. Either or. One or the other. One or the other. Here's where it's going to hit you. Here's what I want to teach you today. A sermon that I learned from Pastor Carlos. If you're in this place, if you're with me, clap once. Okay, thank you. If you're in the, if you, if you, let me tell you something. If you don't see God. Hey, hey. If you don't see God. If you, if you can't worship God. If you don't believe in God, if you don't serve God, if you are not giving your all to God and having supernatural faith to God, let me tell you a secret. It's because you can't. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about right here, right now. I'm talking about in your everyday life. If you don't, it's because you can't. And you can't. Because you're not letting you. That's good. If you don't, it's because you can't. And if you can't, it's because you are not letting you see God, feel God, worship God. You're not letting you. You made a decision when you woke up this morning. You made a decision to serve one and not the other. And you don't see him and you don't feel him because you can't. Look at this. Come over here, Juan. Look at this. Look at this. The most powerful, simplest illustration that I've ever seen in my life. Go over there. Hold that. With this same, I learned it with this same one. The bad, the good. If you don't serve God, if you don't feel God, you know why I can do miracles? What? Yeah, you know why I can do miracles? You know why I see God every day of my life? You know why I feel him? You know why I can believe in him in a supernatural way? You know why I can be calm when there is storm? You know why I can? Because I serve him. You know why I can? Because I can. You know why you can't? Because you can't. You know why I can raise my hand? Because I serve him. You know why you can't raise yours? Because you don't. You know why I can defeat addiction? Because I serve him. You know why you can't defeat yours? Because you can't. You know why I can have a happy marriage? Because I serve him. You know why you can't? Because you can't. Because you're serving the wrong side. You know why you can't grow in ministry? You know why you haven't been ordained? You know why you haven't grown in your life? You know why your finances haven't grown? You know why you don't feel love, joy, peace, righteousness, self-control? You know why you don't? Because you can't. You can't. You know why you still feel depressed? Because you can't. 
You know why you still can't manage your money? Because you can't, and I can, because I serve him. Stay there. I believe in God because I can't. The world's bondage is keeping you from what's life-giving into the soul. And the bondage that you have with Jesus Christ is keeping you from what is life-taking to the soul. My love and my slavery for God, because I will always be a slave. It's just either or. But my love and my slavery from God. The only thing that it keeps me from, the only thing that it bondages me to, the only thing that it holds me from, the only thing that doesn't allow me to do is things that take out from my life. It's things that destroy me, that make me sad, that make me depressed. And the bondage that you have with the world and the bondage that you have in this world are keeping you from the love and the joy and the peace and the righteousness and the calmness and the belief and the worship and the power and the power. The bondage that you have with this world, whether that be a born with bondage, whether that be a consequential bondage, or whether that be a desired bondage, the bondage that you have is keeping you exactly from what is going to give you life. The bondage that you have is keeping you Listen, listen, listen. The bondage that you have is keeping you from not having any money and still be okay. The bondage that you have is keeping you from preaching, from singing, from healing, from defeating. I know that God called me and my family to this place to break that bondage. To see miracles in Hickory, North Carolina like never before. Oswe, are you saying that you bring that with you? Yeah, because that is God. And where I go, God goes. And when I speak, God speaks. And when I move, God moves. That's what we do. Everything that I teach you, listen, everything that I teach you, whether you're with me or whether you're not, everything that I teach you, listen to me, listen to me. You're stubborn. Listen to me. Everything that I teach you, leaders, leaders that are with me, that are serving under me, everything that I teach you guys, It's so that you can see him. So you can live a life sold out for Christ. And see miracles happen. In a house that prosper. And take demons out. And see revival happen. But it won't happen holding on from the flesh. It can't. It can't happen. With sin. Or with an addiction to pornography. It can't happen with you spending your days and your hours for yourself and satisfying your own flesh. It needs to happen with you letting go and serving Christ. 
I told you I'm here to entertain you. I could have made that a clap and a raising of hand and you falling down, but I won't because I'm looking for people that are truly searching for God and I'm looking for people that are truly bound by this world. People that cringe their teeth every day of their life. When they look at themselves in the mirror and they know exactly what they did yesterday and they know exactly what they can expect tomorrow. People that promise to God, God, I will not do this again. Hey, 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 hey. People that promise, God, I will not do this to you again. And while it's coming out of your mouth, you're thinking, I'm going to do this again because I can't. I try and I try and I try and I fight and I fight and I fight and I just simply can't. I fall right back into the same thing and people tell me that I suck and people tell me that I can't and it's come to the point that I believe that I suck because I see other people prosper and I do not. That is because you're serving the flesh and you need to start serving the spirit. I'm going to do one of mine. I'm going to do one of mine. I'm going to do one of the things that I always do in sermon and it's going to piss some of you off. That's fine. It's okay because what I'm going to show you broke me and you're going to think I'm going to do it to make you laugh or to make you understand the message no what I'm going to show you broke me threw me in the floor you can laugh if you want to laugh it's okay You promise not to go behind the couch anymore? For real. For real? I know this might be ridiculous to you. But the reason that breaks me so much is because I used to serve the flesh. I used to be in sin. And when I was in that moment, the darkest moment of my life was whenever I was serving the flesh. And whenever I was in that moment, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I couldn't raise my hand. I couldn't move. I couldn't preach. I couldn't do miracles. I couldn't see the God that everybody believed in. And it killed me inside. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't see what everybody prophesied over my life. I was stuck. Stuck with the flesh. 
And there were times I was in church and I wanted to raise my hand and I couldn't. And there were times I was in the street and God told me, son, son, go heal that person. And I couldn't because I'm serving the flesh. For it is freedom. Christ has set you free. In the darkest time of my life. I called help. Help. And Jesus came. And took me out of that place. And all I could say was, thanks for saving me. Thanks for saving me. I hope that I haven't messed this message up for you. And I hope that you can still receive what's coming to you today. There is power in you. There is power in you to defeat that depression. There is power in you to stop fornicating. There is power in you to stop watching pornography. There is power in you to rise. There is power in you to preach. There is power in you to sing. There is power in you to heal. There is power in you to raise. There is power in you. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. We're going to activate that power today. We're going to set you free today. Those chains are going to break today. I feel you. I know you've tried. Let me try. We're going to set you free. You're going to feel it like never before. You're going to understand it like never before. You're going to feel it like never before. There is power in you. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There is power. And we're going to activate that power by doing what that little kid did in that video. By doing what God called iChurch to do. That is to put our pride away. Put our pride aside and say help. 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 I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. All I've been wanting is to lift my hands. Help. Jesus, help. What you did in my life, I asked you today to do in their life. I know I'm not the best preacher. I know I'm not the best man. But what you did in me, doing them, Father, please. Don't let me mess this up for somebody. Don't let me mess this up for somebody. Break every chain today, God. Break every chain.
If you're ready to be free from pornography, if you're ready to be free from fornication, do what that little kid did. Get out of your chair and run to the altar and say, set me free, God. Set me free, God. Set me free. Break this bondage, Father. Break this bondage, Father. Set me free, God. Set me free. Set me free.